Hi. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Authentic Distractions Podcast. Brought to you from Tucson, Arizona. Tucson, Arizona. T-Town. The T-Town. Dirty Tucson, tea. Tucson. Um, coming from... Coming at you. We're just a mom and a daughter who like to watch a lot of TV and talk about it and just see what's up. Authentic distractions because the world is sometimes crappy and horrible and hard to get through and sometimes you just need an hour of just let's put it all to the side and just relish in the talent and loveliness of other people. Yeah, so just sit back with us. We do want to say that this is a full of spoilers podcast. Yes. We don't know how to say anything without spoilers. So if you are not caught up on what we're talking about, go ahead, pause this, go catch up, and we will see you when you come back. Yes. Thanks for joining us. Okay, I just hit start record, and uh, editing Carly is just going to have to figure the fuck out of what we're doing. Okay. Hello. Hey. Wow. It's been a hot minute. It's been a second. It has been a second. So let me fill you in. And I'm telling you also. Okay. Um, we haven't recorded in a very long time. Very long time. Like so long that we do not we even don't know how long remember. it's been. I know for a fact we recorded one that I didn't even edit. Oh. Did we post it? <laughs> nope. Oh. So they really haven't heard from us a long time. Wow. Because Carly uh, was on one. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with depression procrastination, but I'm just so good at it. So here's a few updates. The world is dying. We're not going to get into it. You know why we're not going to get into it? Because, because of this our is authentic is fucking distractions. Authentic distractions. So, you know what? You know the tea. You know what's happening. You know the tea. We know what's happening. We know what's happening. We know that you don't want to talk about it, and we know we that don't we either. definitely don't want to talk about it, so we're not going to talk about it. No, we're not. Here's what we are going to say. We're going to say that we know the world is wonky. We don't want to make light of that for no. anybody. No, 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 no. And that we're it's serious. serious. Our hearts are out for you guys. Like, we totally get it. And if you happen to have a little bit more time on your hands than maybe you had in the past, we hope that you find us in the void and you give us a little listen. I'm to also going to say, I have not found myself with more time on my hands. No, not yet. So no. when episodes are coming out late, uh, when we're not recording on our regular right. schedule, yes, it's my fault, but also... It's not her fault. It's not my fault. Um, so let's catch up personally really quick. Because there's some things that have yeah. changed personally and that I has nothing that, to do with the And world. I think that's important that they know. Because. Right. So if you just have found us, mother and daughter, we're here. We're on the bed. That's where we produce direct. My little sister has happens. hence moved home. And we still kicked her out of her own bedroom. So that we can sit on this couch and um, record. Despite yeah. the fact that we have another room we but could be recording. But we feel like, you know, this is. This is where it began, and so this is where it shall die. <laughs> um, so we, I'm going to start saying that about everything. <laughs> uh, not only did we um, say, get out of your room, but we made her clean it before I would come in here. Yeah, it was, get out of your room, and also, can you make the can bed? Can make the bed? So that we can doing. unmake the bed, because we have moved all of the pillows and the Yes, <laughs> and I had to cover up, because the fan is cold. Um, authentic uh, distractions. We are distracting ourselves. This is really for us. It really is a vanity 
Oh, 100% a vanity project. Yeah. Um, just a little more personal news because the scope of my jokes are going to change. Uh, while we were away, I started going to therapy again. <laughs> she did. She so, find, I don't know if you remember. Let's recap just a little bit. If you haven't found us. Maybe I'll put some clips in here of all my big thread jokes. <laughs> was that Carly's previous therapist had ghosted her. Yeah. Um, I'm not, not seeing good. her. Uh, I have henceforth moved on and just moved forward with my life. I see a new therapist. She's great. She's very funny. She thinks that I'm great and funny, and she's helping me in a lot of different ways that, uh, once again, we don't have to talk about no, on here, we don't. except for the fact that now I can make jokes like, my therapist says. Therapy. I love just one hour of my evenings a week going and sitting on a stranger's couch and crying for a full hour and they don't get to tell me I'm being overdramatic. They don't get to tell me to stop crying. They don't get to talk about themselves. It's an hour that's about me and my problems. And sometimes for someone who, like me, is very uncomfortable um, showing emotion in front of strangers, uh, you stock up a lot of tears. <laughs> so it's just good to have an hour where you just cry. So maybe not everyone needs therapy, but everyone does need a designated crying hour. Oh, that I absolutely agree. <laughs> Probably yeah. my big news since you last, since we last have been on the bed together in this realm of putting our voices out there. Um, I changed the shape of my bangs. You did, and you know what? <laughs> they look great. Thank you. <laughs> That's pretty much all I have to offer. Well, you've been doing, you know, the grown-up things, redoing your house and, yeah. you know, yeah. all sorts of stuff. We are happy to be back. We are happy to be offering you, literally, an authentic distraction from the world's events. Yeah. That being said... Should we talk about aliens? We should talk about aliens. I do want to say, if you have found us, I think that we had a couple episodes where we tried the pirate show. We did. We did a couple episodes trying the pirate show. Uh, we decided on... it's... Somebody's great Charlotte's great recommendation. recommendation. And she was not wrong. The name of this so show good. was Black Sales. It's still called Black Sales. It's still called that. It's still called that. And um, we watched it. Yeah. We, we watched enjoyed three it. episodes together. At least three. I've watched a little bit more, but it is one of those shows that you really have to pay attention to. Don't just gloss over that. Excuse me. I moved out of the TV to watch. Wow. WTF. We, however, did not necessarily enjoy talking about the show because we felt like we were not smart enough for the show. <laughs> yeah, it it almost felt like we were just giving you guys the play-by-play -play of the show instead of, like, something uh, that's a little lower brow. I don't want to say, like, it's not a bad show, Roswell. We love No, we show. love it. But something that's a little more lower brow than a Stars TV show. I think it's more in our lane. Is, is easier to kind of speculate about and, yeah. you know, there's not so much explaining that needs to be but done. Black Sails on Netflix? Hulu. Hulu. Very good. You should So, totally... so good. Charlotte Zach did McGowan. not wrong. It was great. Zach McGowan is yeah, just... When we first started the show... We started it out of the love of the Roswell OG, mm -hmm. and we were doing some compare and contrast throughout the first season. Roswell, New Mexico has has accelerated their storyline in a totally different to way. I will say, I noticed a couple callbacks to the original. Yeah, there are some similarities, but it's going to be very, we can't keep up that so, same format. Yeah, my point of saying that. And we used to watch both episodes kind of side by side, and then come back and do some comparing with our, our beloved characters. 
and that's going to be a little bit different this time around. So now we'll be calling back to the original show. We may talk a little bit about it in comparison, but we're not going to be going through each episode because they are so different. It would just, it would it's be, too, it would be so long. And Roswell, New Mexico it. is still paying homage to the original in the fact that, um, Sherry Appleby directs a few episodes this season, and Jason Bear also has a short guest star on this season that's coming up. Oh, MG. So, Corinna knows exactly what we want. She knows what we need. As soon as she gets my original Michael Guerin and my sweet baby boy Kyle in here, it's going to be over for you, yep. bitches. Yeah. Um, but, so, All right. So, yes. we're going to talk about some aliens. I will say this bears repeating, and you're going to hear me say this a lot. If you are not caught up on this show, watch the show before you listen to us because we don't want any hate mail. This is not a spoiler-free experience. We're going to be spoiling this for you. We are going to spoil all over the place, people, so just know it. So, I'm going to get started. Something that I started doing last season was telling you guys the song that the title is named after. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes. That's a nice little So, this title is Stay, I Missed You, which is a Lisa Loeb song that I didn't know. Oh, um, well, there she is. I did not know this song before this occurred. And let's just read the IMDb synopsis. I've said this also. IMDb is fan curated. So these synopses are not supposed to be. Shall I read it? Good. Do you want to read it? Okay, right here. This one. Torn between the heartache of Max's sacrifice and the joy of Rosa's resurrection, Liz suppresses her grief to focus on moving out of Roswell with Rosa, who begins experiencing side, aspe- side effects from her resurrection. And I will say that Dun-dun. synopsis was taken off of the CW website because that was the same synopsis that was on the episode. So this is a synopsis coming from assuming the network. Okay. Wait, I also feel it's worth mentioning if you don't remember or you have just now found us, there are some characteristics of Carly and I that you probably need to know. The one that you really need to know about me is I do not remember anything, <laughs> anything. Right. Like No, she's right. From walking from the room into where we watched it into here, memory's a little phased. Right. So when I ask things like, oh yeah, who's that actor? Mm-hmm. I didn't remember anything about, I am not playing, you guys. That is for real a real thing. So when Carly is spending a lot of time on recapping things, it's mostly because I need to have a conversation. And then what you need to know about me is that I am a writer by trade, so I go on writing. Did you write a book? Okay, hi. I don't know if you know about this. Corinna knows about it. Um, I wrote a book. It's a poetry collection called Good Advice from Bad Woman. It was published June of last year. Just got my first royalties check. We're very excited about it. Very excited. Um, but you can buy it on Amazon or on silverbowpublishing.com. I believe they still have it. That's my publisher. I know that shipping and ordering things online is weird now because of everything that's happening. Um, or you can, if you direct message me on Twitter, uh, we'll figure it out. I'll send you a book. book. I'll sign it. I'll do the whole thing. So um, I'm a writer, So and specifically right now working on screenwriting, so you will hear a lot of writer rants um, from me. And uh, that's just, you're just going to have to roll with it. I Should I go right, through so the recaps? Because I know you don't remember. I think that. There okay. are parts of this that started that I was like, huh, I wonder what that guy's name is. <laughs> okay. So I feel like a recap is necessary. So 
we don't need to go through the specifics. There's aliens. They live in Roswell, New Mexico. Liz and Max have a history. Isabel's married to a guy. Rose is dead. Michael's bisexual. My king. Okay. We see Alex and Michael are getting together. We see Michael and Maria. That's going to be a theme. Um, Corinna has already tweeted about there's more coming with the triangle and just... It, we don't need to talk about it right now. Lateral. We see that Rosa was woken up, found in the desert by Liz. Liz goes, Rosa, where's Max? Where is dun, Max? Dun, dun. Max is no bueno on the cave floor. Um, and Max is seemingly dead. We don't see it in the recap that he's dead, but seemingly. Princess Bride. Princess Bride. mostly dead. He's mostly dead. And then we see uh, Isabel and her relationship with her husband, who we find out is the bad, bad killer man, um, who repeatedly... Mm, I don't like saying this because of where we are culturally, but he mind-raped her. And there's definitely some PTSD from that. He was definitely controlling her. Yeah. Right. Um, and then we also saw the prison, which came up in the later half of season one. It was called Coalfield Prison. It's where they kept all of the aliens that they found from the original uh, crash and had been basically experimenting slash torturing them in this prison systematically for the last 70 years. And we see Michael um, sees his mother and is very emotional about it. And then what happens? Prison blows up. There's more that we're going to get to that I didn't remember, uh, and then they started talking about it and I remembered, but so here's that's my, what you need to know. My recap is is listed as things I forgot, dot, dot, dot. All of it. Oh. <laughs> Prison. Didn't remember that till it came up again. Michael's mom. Oh, look at that. He found his mom. Isn't that nice? These are pretty big themes throughout the first season. No, I want to tell you, I wrote a bunch of this stuff. I wrote down what I could remember. The, the highlights that I remembered before we started the episode. The prison one was one that they recapped it and I went, oh yeah, that happened. Okay. So, nice not say. just you. Okay, we start the episode with a steamy, sexy flashback. Yes. And I want to just say a real quick thank you to Corinna. Nathan Dean Parsons. His... Is that Max? Yeah. He's a cute boy. He's a very cute boy. And as the resident bisexual in this room... Liz Ortega. She's not too bad either. So let me just I tell you. I am not the resident bisexual. Both of them are beautiful human beings. We loved it. Loved it. So, in and you were going to hear us say this a lot because I, as a fan, one of the things that always gets me, other than good storytelling, is I love relationships and chemistry. Like, that, that drives the storyline for me. Max, who is played by... Nathan Parsons. And Liz, who is played by... Janine Mason. The fact that the I Beautiful it. chemistry. They're good together. So in the wanna... flashback, aside from it being a steamy, sexy flashback where we get to see that Nathan Parsons slash Max has a tattoo on his ribs that now I'm very curious about. I don't remember seeing it, but I'm oh, just yeah, into I that. Too. Um, we get some information. Here's what we get from the steamy, sexy flashback. There's something about the alighting. And I wrote in parentheses, King Max, as you may recall from the original. Yes, the OG Max was the king. Was alien king. And, and so I think we're later. bringing that back. Yeah. I then I also true. said Max and Liz were going to leave for Palo Alto together. We knew that she had the job um, offer from Palo Alto. Right. We did not know where that landed um, between them hooking up and Max's right. death. Because like, there was a lot going on. she going to choose? So we get to see their conversation, poise the hookup, poised. I was going to say post-coitus, and then I decided to say hookups, 
And it just, something happened in my brain. Post hookup, we see them having a conversation about Palo Alto and he says, I'm not going where you aren't. So that's very cute. And then we start right up Liz on the Cave. Okay, Liz is played by Janine Mason. The girl can cry. She, it's, and here we go. <laughs> Back to the first season. You know why? Janine Mason's got Bratz doll eyes, and the tears are just incredible. Yeah, she um, is draped over him, grieving, grieving. And they mirrored it by, at the end of the post-hookup scene, she lays on his chest, and they're all happy and smiling. She says something like, oh, you smell like rain, and it's cute. And it's adorable. And then they mirror it with the flashback scene fades, the current scene comes in, they sort of melt together, and they're in the same position except that Max is unconscious and Liz is crying. Right. Just a little... TV tidbit that I personally enjoyed. It was great. And Rosa comes into the cave and she's like, what's going on? And he called an ambulance. You look different. What's happening? Liz came, or not Liz, Isabel came to the mine last night. Something bad happened and Liz has to be like, it wasn't last night. I'm going to tell you everything. Leave me to grieve my boyfriend. This is done. Right. Poor little Rosa. And then we flash forward a little bit. I didn't realize that this was a flash forward until like halfway through it. We flash forward a few weeks, mm-hmm. um, which they mention at some point that it's been weeks since anyone's seen Max. Um, but that was the flash forward. Liz is getting ready to leave. And just a little fun tidbit, because we love him. Papa Orteco is applying for citizenship. He's trying to. He's trying to, but you know what? The system's hard, brother. It is hard. But he looks great. He's very proud of his daughter. Liz is still going to Palo Alto. Yeah, yeah. So what we know is that Liz is still going to Palo Alto. Maria shows up that, and we find out that Michael has been ghosting her. Is anyone surprised? No. No, we're not. We're not surprised. We're We're also not surprised that Michael is. Yeah, we're going to get more into Michael. He's clearly (laughs) having a time. He's been drunk this whole time. So we see the funeral. My first thought was that it was Max's funeral. Now. I loved what Corinna did with the funeral scene. Oh, I loved it. And I do want to say one thing first, because we're going to get into, like, the emotion acting writing part of it, but I do want to tell you, I don't know if you noticed, but Lily Cowles is looking snatched as all hell this season. She's killing the fashion game, her little birdcage little thing. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Now, here's here's why you're either going to love or hate us <laughs> on Authentic Distractions, because my notes say, I hate her outfit. <laughs> okay. I well, then this is not going to be exciting for what I have to tell you. But I wanted to tell you that Corinna had tweeted earlier, and I couldn't find the tweet. I was searching for it endlessly, that Lily Cowles actually participated a lot in Isabel's fashion choices this season. She was okay. very into costuming. Well, and I thought she looked fantastic. Let me say this, Lily Cowles. Because I'm going to give you a hard time. Because I will tell you, and I think I was pretty honest about this in the first season as well. Out of all of these characters, she's a hard sell for me. That's true. But I will also say that the original Roswell, it was that was the same. That Isabel's yeah. character is just she's not hard. my favorite. She's hard. She's just not my favorite. But knowing that about her fashion, 
We're going to get further into this episode, and I will be honestly able to tell you that there was a fashion choice that I really appreciated. This was not one of them. Okay. Although she was wearing a really pretty ring on her middle finger, and I loved it. I didn't notice the ring at all. But there also, we go. The funeral scene starts as um, she's she's doing a funeral for Noah because Noah's mm-hmm. gone now. Noah was the big bad mean guy in the first season, um, and she sort of has a uh, and she's having a hard time because like she's a PTSD to be, moment about it because she's supposed to be the grieving widow, but she knows he's the bad guy. So right, she and needs she's to keep up appearances, and she's having a hard time. And as that. we see later in the episode, she's not broken up about this death. No. Oh, no. But she is broken up about Max. And this is what was great about the funeral scene. This was genius. Because you can see Lily Cowles, as much as I'm having a hard time falling in love with this character, she is doing the character justice and she's really bringing forth great acting. Mm -hmm. And that you can see she's really struggling with the fact she's got to keep up this grieving widow attitude. Because she's supposed to be happily married to this guy that she finds out is a monster. Um, But she sees a picture of her brother... And she begins to, and I loved what they decided to do with her taking the hat off. Mm-hmm. Um, because it kind of indicated, if you were following what was happening, that she was now now going to be talking about somebody else. Right. So she's clearly, she's giving her eulogy. Everybody in the room thinks it's about Noah, except for the people that are closest to her. Yeah. And recognizes that she's talking about grieving about Max. Yeah. Um, Michael shows up. He's wasted. Maria wasted in the church, I thought was kind of a brand. It was really a brand, and I felt it. Yeah. Um, Maria kind of sees him and scoots over so he can sit next to her. He like, he almost glares at her, but it's really just like a dead look, and then squeezes in with someone else, and that's going to be a theme. Oh, it's going to be a huge theme. Yeah. Okay. Which it's a theme that I think um, stays true to the original. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, Maria and Michael end up in the original. They end up being one of your. Favorite, at least one of my favorite mm-hmm. couples, but they are. It takes some time to get hot there. and cold. Yeah, and um, it's mostly Michael that's just being an yeah ass because about it. he's just a sweet. He just he's tortured. Know. He's tortured. Is that the same actress playing Izzy's mom? Yes, it is. Because she looked different to me, which isn't saying much because I think I've established pretty clearly <laughs> that I have no memory of anything. Yeah. But she looked different to me. Um. So I also wanted to say, um, that at the wake. We find out that, I mean, obviously we know at the funeral that they hadn't told anyone about Max. But right. we find out the actual secret is that they're telling people Liz broke up with Max and he had to get out of town to feel his yeah, feelings. Yeah, they're basically covering for him because Isabel, in her grief, is not willing or able to admit that he is gone. Mm-hmm. And so... Right now, we're led to believe through most of this episode that they are pretty much just kind of humoring her. Well, and it wasn't so much her humoring Isabel as they're covering for Max with his mom, with the job, you know. And I think that becomes very clear when Sheriff Valenti comes up and asks, you know, Noah made it clear that he and your brother didn't get along, and And then he goes missing the day after Noah's death. Kind of alluding to the fact that she thinks Max might have done something to Noah. And then we get to see the fight between Isabel and Liz. Which I haven't decided. Because we didn't get to see a lot of Isabel and Liz interaction this episode. Aside from at the wake. I haven't decided if she is still mad at Liz. 
And I think for, like, a little bit she is, because she does yell at Michael about it. Um, if she is still mad because Max sacrificed himself because he loved her, and that was part of the argument that they're having. But then she goes into, you broke up with him and he had to leave and that's why he's not here for me. Which was clearly a cover that they had come up with. So it'll be interesting to see in future episodes if Isabel still really has that level of animosity towards Liz. Or if it was like, this terrible thing happened to both of us. And we can share our grief about that. Um, I want to go back to Valenti because, again, that's another kind of um, nod to the original in that in the original, Sheriff Valenti is the dad and he is, so he's kind of our um, antagonist uh-huh. in the first season is what, who they're trying to keep. Or the first half of the season. The first half of the season. They're trying to keep their identity private. From the sheriff, thinking that he's kind of the big bad. Because he's suspicious. Right. And so Valenti in this one is the mama, Valenti, and she's kind of the same, okay, there's something going on. Was that a different actress? Because I didn't recognize her at all. I thought that was Noah's mom at the <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I'll no, have I to look it up. I felt like I did not was definitely her. different, but... Um, I, I felt okay about the about Mama Valenti. Just one more thing about the wake. I didn't love it, but I got it. Okay, so I understood the choice, but I didn't super love it. Uh, Maria sort of confronts Michael at the wake, and obviously she doesn't know that he's grieving Max. Right, but. She confronts him and is like, oh, I was expecting you to text me. Like, that felt like the kind of kiss that deserved a text afterwards or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've, you know, I've been dealing with, like, I'm helping Isabel. I'm dealing with stuff. Kind of blows her off. And I was like, mm, let's maybe not do this at a funeral. But then um, in the end, she, because Maria is Maria and she's everything to me, she is like, well, it, she mentions that he hasn't been around. And she's like. I get it. Like, you're drinking your way through this, and the name of the bar that I don't remember? Pony something, maybe? I don't know. You're right. Um, and I'll think of it. And this is your watering hole, and alcoholics. She goes, alcoholics shouldn't drink alone alone when they're greeting. (laughs) Which I appreciate. You know, they do. Um, so anyway, I thought she handled it with class, and I understand why they had to move the confrontation there, because of what happens later in the episode. Um, I just didn't love it. Yeah. Okay, we find out Rosa is at Max's house when Michael asks how things are going. She gives an update on Rosa, and then says that she thinks Isabella's in denial about Max, and then she says the elusive. We need to tell her what we know. Dun dun, dun 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 And we were like, what and we're do like, you what know? do you know? What do you know, friend? Before we move on, who is the actress that is playing Rosa? I'd look it up for you. Don't have my phone. Oh. Actually, wait, maybe I do. I know, I know, I know, I don't um, know, I don't know. Well, I just want to say whoever that is, she's a cutie. Um, great casting. Amber Oh, that might not be her real name. Mid Thunder? That's not her real name. Her name's Amber. Um, because um, I pulled up this for later use. Um, I wish I had my phone. 
Um, anyway, I think we're really going to enjoy Rosa. I think she's going to be, we're going to see more of her. Obviously, we saw her in flashbacks um, in season one, and now we get the opportunity that I think that um, Corinna is really going to develop this character um, to have some oh, good yeah. relationships. Amber Mid-Thunder. Uh, Amber Mid-Thunder. Well, Sick name, girl. Yeah, she's adorable. Oh, so cute. And I was a big fan of Rosa and the flashbacks. And I think that the chemistry as sisters is really going to play well. And I'm going to bring that up to you a little bit later. All right, stand by. Okay. And Um, then... I do want to mention that Rosa is having some nightmares. Right. So when this nightmare began, I did not know it was a nightmare. And she unlocks the door to the cafe. And my mind went, does Rosa have powers now? Which I think we might need to keep in mind for future episodes. I was thinking that that, uh, she was going to be discovered by Papa. Yeah, because what does Homegirl do as soon as walking into the empty and darkened diner that her father lives above? I think she went to the jukebox. She turns on the jukebox and she turns it on loud. Yes, she does. Um, And then Noah showed up and I was like, it's a dream! Our girl's just dreaming. It's fine. This is where we begin to see that she's having some side effects from the big resurrection. Mm -hmm. Um... Her sister is very concerned about this and knows, hey, this is kind of alien involved and maybe um, we should investigate this a little more and takes her where? To Kyle. Wait, I'm not there yet. Oh, we got to get there. Well, I have more to say. Say it quick, friend, because I have the one thing I want to tell you. Okay, great. Give me just a second. Noah in the dream is immediately giving her warnings and he says, they're coming for you. And we are left to wonder, who's they? And then, the sister, I said, sister fighting, fun, I love it. And this is where the tweet I took a picture of comes in. Corinna tweeted a couple days before the premiere. The biggest joy about season two for me has been having the opportunity to write sister scenes. These two together, magic. And you know what, Corinna? I fucking agree. Yeah. You're damn right, sister. They're great. And it just... Made me really appreciate my sisters because we fight about jewelry and we sing songs in the car. And it was great. Yeah, I will say as people that um, I am one of three girls, Carly is one of three girls, as two people that really live and understand the dynamic of sisters, um, this is a hard sell. If people do not get the sister relationship correctly, we are like, we will tear you apart. Like, yeah. this is one of those things that we know, we understand. It has to be done really well. Yeah, we um, are very... It has to be written really well, but it also has to be acted really well for us to buy into it. And they're killing it. And they're killing it. And I hope to see it continue. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll we be got to see a little bit of it in flashbacks with, with Rosa and Liz interaction. Um, but seeing it in this present time with everything that's going on in the current, like, story is also really great. Well, and it's also going to be good to see it because in the flashbacks, she was clearly a very troubled young girl. Yeah. And so that changed the dynamic a little bit between Right, because Liz was always taking care of Rosa. And and so now now to be able to kind of see it in a different aspect Mm -hmm. is going to be very interesting. And they're killing it so far, so hopefully they'll keep that up. Um... And then now you can, Liz takes her to Kyle. Okay, Liz takes her to Kyle because Kyle, good stand-up guy that he is, 
he just helps her with everything. He's like, oh, you need me to help you figure this out, this out, and this out. Like, he should have been fired 14 different times in the first season for the crap that he was pulling as a doctor, but whatever. And I wrote down something. And he's something. like, sure, come on in. Right? <laughs> Gets her from a stairwell. Yeah, but here's the thing. He didn't know that she was alive, and that's his half-sister, correct? Yeah. And he was just like, <gasps> and then we moved on. <laughs> Yeah, he was really good. And you know what I wrote down that I usually only write about Kyle in the original? Do you remember what I usually say about him? Kyle is a good boy. He is a good boy. He's a good boy. And I only say that about Kyle in the original because I love him so much. But Michael Trevino, who, of course, I already love because of Vampire Diaries and Originals and everything that means anything to me, is a very good boy. And I didn't know him from any of those things, and I love him in this. Um, But... I just felt like, couldn't we have given him even, like, 20 seconds longer credit to, like, no. react? Because I felt like he got over things very quickly. Because he also finds out in this scene, where he's helping figure out what's going on with Rosa, that Max is gone. He's processing a he is lot. Processing he's got a lot going on. He's also keeping Alex's father in a coma. Yes. Which is unethical, very to say unethical. the least, and illegal, to and, say the most. And... He just rolls with it. He's a good boy. But I feel like he's such a, like, come on, Corinna, give him, like, 15 seconds where he can have a reaction. Right. But, I'm going to say and, this. And I'm thinking the whole time. He hears, like, he just finds out she's alive. Mm-hmm. He moves with it. He goes. They have things to figure out. He's on it. And then Rosa drops the bomb that Max is dead. And he has to move on from that. And you know he's, you know that he's thinking in his head, Damn, bitch, I am left out of everything. The last he did not know everything. I know. I do. Okay, I have one more thing to say about the Kyle Rosa thing. And then I need to talk about Maria's mom. Do we have to go to Maria's mom or can we go to Michael and Alex? Well, Maria's mom happened first and we All skipped right. it so All that right. you could say All the right. thing about Kyle. <laughs> okay. Right, fine. So, uh... In this, so basically when Rosa is having nightmares, Liz says, I want to get you checked out. I'm real worried about the side effects of you having been asleep slash dead for 10 years. And Kyle checks her out and he discovers that not only are all of her vitals physically, yep, she's all good. And Rosa in season one in the flashbacks as we saw is an opioid addict. Yes. And a long-term opioid addict. And Kyle says that the whatever lobe in her brain that should have been affected by opioids is perfect. Yep. So now Rosa also has to carry with not only the fact that Liz's love is dead and she is now in his place, but that she is an addict with no side effects. So in some ways for an addict, that's kind of like starting from scratch, right? You get to start from the beginning again. An alcoholic who wakes up one day and their liver is fine is going for shots. So now, and but she doesn't want to screw up the second chance that she has. And she, you get to see Rosa kind of freak out and say, I'm going to mess it up and Liz is going to hate me because Max is gone and I'm here and I'm the screw up. Well, she's already having a lot of, um, there's going to be a lot of triggers for her as, oh, a, yeah, as yeah, yeah. an addict because she's already feeling the guilt of... 
killing her sister's true love is mm-hmm. basically how she's thinking about it. Oh yeah. Um, and so we're, she's, she's absolutely going to struggle. Yeah. She's sure. got a lot going on. Um, I do want to go back to Maria's mom really quick, just because she's kind of a through line for this episode. The brilliant actress. Whose name I don't remember, but she's from the Fosters and we love her so much. We love her so much. Um, she, in last season was put in an assisted living home mm-hmm. and we find out that Maria's mom has a tendency to wander. And Maria is not thrilled about it because she's paying loads of money to have someone look after her, and they're just letting her walk off site. Like, whatever is happening. So she shows up at the bar, and we see some, like, mother-daughter banter. She says something from the movie Alien. Aliens. Aliens. And she's like, no, I'm fine. I'm feeling pretty lucid. And then Maria says something. She says, like, one of the nurses said you were crying about Rosa Ortego. It's been 10 years since she died. And her her face gets very serious, and she said, I'm going to put the clip in, but she says, Not always. Sometimes it happened just yesterday. Sometimes it's been a century. Look, I just got goosebumps again. It's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so freaking good. And this actress has this real sincerity when she's delivering these lines that are supposed to clue the audience in that Maria's mother is crazy. Is she, she though? No. Right? We know that she knows the truth. But she has this real sincerity in wanting Maria to understand, like, I was crying about Rosa Ortego because sometimes it feels like it was yesterday and sometimes it feels it was something else. And, like, she wants so badly for Maria to understand what's happening in her head but knows that Maria thinks she's crazy. Right. Anyway, that was just a through line, but I loved that line, and she delivered it so, so well. And I think we talked, if I remember correctly, we talked about about Mar- the character of Maria's mom. One of our favorite characters from the original, um, Mrs. DeLuca, that actress was amazing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she was kind of a character that was brought in, I think, for some levity in the first one. Yeah, um, and I think she was kind of there for the, like, comedy relief yeah, to sort of yeah. juxtapose um, all the seriousness. But she had great, great, she was just awesome, and she had these great relationships with Maria and this great relationship with, with Valenti. Mm-hmm. Um, this mama, DeLuca, clearly is in the middle of some shit. Yes, and we will get into my theories and about Mama DeLuca at the I, end. She's going to play an important part, for sure. So incredibly important, and I'm so excited that they're utilizing that actress. Oh, yeah, As much sure. as they can in this season, because she is and just she's, incredible. She's going to leave us with a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And what I love about the way Corinna is, is telling this tale is that she is really good. There are some um, shows that I end up frustrated more than entertained with because I feel like I understand from a person who's not a writer but I understand as a person who loves good storytelling the importance of spinning the tale a certain way Mm -hmm. to kind of lead the the audience where you need them to go and then and then you hit them with like here's here's where I'm leading you Mm -hmm. right but sometimes shows run the risk of doing that for too long and now you've not entertained me you've just frustrated me yeah. Because I just feel like I'm not getting it. I'm not getting where you want me to go. You're not holding my interest long enough. Like, you're you're dragging it on into mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So, Corinna's done a pretty good job so far of, of giving us enough to, enough of the breadcrumbs to keep me wanting to mm-hmm. go there. Where I'm not feeling completely lost. But, we are definitely going to see, hopefully, a lot more of Maria's mom and find out why she's turned out the way she's turned out because clearly she knows what's up. Yeah. Okay. So now we can talk about, 
Alex and Michael. Michael gets back to the Airstream where we see the nail polish remover that I forgot about, mm-hmm. but still brings me joy. Um, all the empty nail polish remover bottles, and something is left on his bed. Mm-hmm. It's a guitar case with a note that says, stopped by this morning, signed A.M. Alex. And so he goes to Alex's house. Yes. And, uh, and they have a moment. The chemistry between these two actors, very great chemistry. So between good. Between these two actors. Um, we're obviously going to see throughout this season some struggle between Michael and Alex, who have a history, who have really strong emotion for each other. And the dynamic between Rhea and Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, Which it is going to come up. Corinna has said yeah. that multiple times. That you also have great That we're still going to be talking about this. Um, but Michael has an opportunity to kind of say to, or yeah, say to Alex, we're not good for each other. And I put that down as a sound clip that I want to put in because he gives a really, really it's great very speech. impassioned. Of All our years of this, I've never said no to you. You push me away, you pull me back in, and I go where you want me. I don't want that anymore. I don't want to keep hoping that maybe this time you won't go. I don't want to play your guitar. I don't think we're good for each other, Alex. And I, I want to be good for somebody. It just, ooh, hit me right there. He's a sensitive little boy. Yeah. Um, but also, and all I here's said was, another thing I didn't love. <laughs> also, I said, Michael's right. He's so right. He's absolutely right. There, I will say, because I love them together, they're not good for each other yet. No. Right. They need to get past the secrets, brooding, lies, pushing you away, I'm trying to keep you safe, no, I'm trying to keep you safe, no, I'm trying to keep you safe, back and forth to really work as a team, as a partnership, and then they can be good for each other. It's not happening now. Well, and I will say that it's also true to the fact that um, one of the issues is that Alex has not been forthcoming about his sexuality. Right. And came from a place, like, his father was terrible about his sexuality, and I think we've talked quite a bit about that mm-hmm. in the first yeah, season. Um, but that's also got to really speak to people that, that have that struggle. Yeah. Um, Michael is right in that he's not good for him. <laughs> and it's not just that they're not in a good place to have a good relationship. It's like they're in two different places with who they right. are they and their sexuality. they have to catch up with each other. Um, so, but... He um, also comes out in that conversation that Alex is renewed into the fact of he is now going to stay in the military because he's got some stuff to figure out now. Well, and what's and really, Michael is basically saying, leave it alone. Yeah, what's really important is Alex was going to leave the military, um, but then he finds out the stuff about the prison and the stuff about uh, the, the secret project that his brother is on and. Not only is it emotionally that he wants to feel like he's helping, logistically, in terms of storytelling, they need Alex Main's right. character to stay in the military so they have access to these things like the encrypted military files, which brings me to what I didn't love about this interaction. Alex 
came from a great place. He is a good boy, and he cares deeply about people. Handing your emotional alcoholic ex-soulmate a file with the details and intake of his mother, who he just found out was alive, but then blew up after being tortured for 70 years, with a photo of her intake from the crash slash however long they had them in holding before intaking them into this system that they created, not the greatest move. No. Because, and even for me, I watch a lot of medical shows. I watch murder shows. I watch medical shows. I watch unsolved crime stuff. I've seen terrible crime scene photos. Did not love the intake photo. No. She looked rough. And just speaking as someone who has known my mother for my entire life and knew that she existed, seeing a photo of my mother in that state, I would lose my shit. Yeah, it was insensitive. And I was like, maybe we could have eased into that of, like, they're encrypted and we were able to de-encrypt part of it and we found the intake file if you want to look at it, if you think it's necessary. But what it also brings up is that we are supposed to believe that the characters have been written, that these are two people that have a long history and a pretty passionate love affair. Even if it was brief, they were very passionately in love. Mm Mm-hmm. And so for him to be that insensitive when he knows, like, clearly he knows Michael's not a quiet drunk. Like, he's literally been walking around town with a bottle in his hand. Yeah. And, like, you put together that maybe you shouldn't have. I do want to say, I don't think it came from a place of insensitivity. I think it was an insensitive act. But I think... In Alex's brain, it's been 10 years since he was the person who knew Michael best. And in Alex's brain, this is not just about Michael's mommy. This is about a secret government operation that now we're trying to uncover. So I think he almost came to it from a strategic army point of view of these are the facts we have to talk about. And as a person who is extremely task oriented, like I'm very much, let's just get this done. Mm -hmm. This is what, like, I understand, I understand what you're saying because I am oftentimes accused of being not sensitive enough because Mm -hmm. I'm just like, we've got a job. We gotta go. We gotta do do this. Yeah. I'm talking about aliens, but you know, in my own little life, I oftentimes miss the cues of, like, people needing a more an emotional response from right. me regar- uh, rather than a well, let's I, get to yes. it response. And I so think yeah, it was the same that. thing. But I just it feel was like, sort of battlefield mentality. But I will say, and this is probably not a fair comparison, I will say that had that been my husband or one of my children or somebody I've had or, some, you know, a friendship that I've had for a long time... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gone there right? in that way. And that's why I'm like, well, I mean, I kind of see what you did there, but it doesn't ring true of, like, how he's supposed to know him. Yeah. That's the conversation that he ha- he would have had with Kyle. Exactly. But it, to have it with Michael, with Michael's frame of mind the way it yeah. was, felt a little it um, just, inauthentic. Yeah. Okay. So... Then we see Isabel practicing her powers. Mm -hmm. And that's where I will say, 
Lily Cowles, if you had anything to do with this outfit. She looked cute as hell. Loved it. She looked so cute. I loved it. I loved the back shirt. Uh huh. Was all like like a ripped kind of effect, and her leggings. The leggings were amazing. Oh, she looked so cute. She looked amazing. Um, and Michael shows up and is like, "What are you doing?" She goes. She basically explains she's testing Noah's theory that they can basically work their powers like a muscle to become really strong. Um, just a purely visual screenwriting point of view. She sh- she lifts all the glass in the air and it shatters in the air and then comes raining down. And Michael frustratingly takes off his hat and, and there's glass in it. Off. Great detail. So cute. Loved it. So you cute. so easily could have had it been like, oh, all the glass fell in front right. of them instead of raining down on them like a shower. And him just shaking, shaking it off and it being off. annoying annoyed with her to right. be like, I have to show you something now. Because yeah. you're being insane. I felt will say very Michael. Michael's hair looks awful in this episode. I did not notice at all because he's so dreamy. <laughs> and I think it works well with where his character is. Mm-hmm. He's clearly not. We're not practicing some deep conditioning right now. No. I understand it. Maybe we're not even washing it. His white t-shirt was real dingy. It was real dingy. (laughs) But it just looks bad. I didn't notice even a little bit. (laughs) I, yeah, absolutely. That's what I wrote in this scene that, um, well, I kind of go back to the same thing that Isabel in both shows are not my favorite. But that she has a cute outfit. His hair looks awful. And there we go. Okay. That's all I really had. Um, now we get to see Rosa and Liz are in the car. They've started their road trip to Palo Alto, and Rosa's asking about mom. Yes. We find out, and we did not know this last season, we know that Rosa, that the mom left after Rosa's funeral and never came back. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that she was kind of a flake before that. Mm-hmm. And we know that Rosa is an illegitimate child. Right. But we did not know was that Liz knew where mom was. Rosa says, I know that she just left, but what if something happened to her wanting to be like, maybe we should track her down. Liz says, nothing happened to her. She's in Nebraska shacking up with some white guy named Dirk, Dirk or Doug or whatever. Um, and Rosa kind of processes that in her Rosa way, real angry, and then turns on the radio and a fantastic song is playing. Really got me pumped up, ready to go on a road trip. Which one was it? It was Bitch by Meredith Brooks. I love that song. That's a karaoke song. I'm ready to sing that at the bar and do some shots. I was into it. Mm-hmm. She was. She was singing along. It was great. Um, but then we get to go back to the uh, cave. We are. Michael is annoyed with Izzy and says, I have to show you something. He takes her to the cave where they're keeping Max in the pods. We had previously seen Isabel be like, Michael, you have to help me get his body in the pod. I'm not ready to say goodbye yet. Which right. I stand by that. I love it. I was 100%. like, why are you guys even questioning her? Of course she should. Right? I was pod. like, uh, duh. Anyway. Uh, and she's like, what's going on? They have an ultrasound machine down there. Of course they do. Because, uh, they probably had Kyle steal it for them. Right? Because Kyle's the worst. <laughs> Kyle is just treated so badly. Um, but... He goes, we've been running tests, shows her a picture. This is of Max's heart when he was healthy. Presumably from when Liz was running tests, but I don't remember an ultrasound scene. So we're just going to, I will suspend disbelief. Right. Um, And then he runs the thing and there is now a like void. And I wrote the words, where is it? He burned out his heart. That's sick as hell. (laughs) 
So I really, you could tell I was very emotional about yes. it. That's kind of incredibly punk rock, and I love them for that. Because, yeah. you know, I'm all about a good rock and roll death. You are. You are. Um, and then I had some predictions that did not turn out to be true, but I do want to talk to you. We get to the hotel room with Liz and Rosa. And they're joking and whatever, and Liz goes, I'm going to take the shower, I'm going to take a shower, and, uh, kind of has a moment to herself. Mm-hmm. And what happens? The, um, great... Janine. Janine. Beautiful, beautiful crying scene. And I want to just read some from this article. It's from Entertainment Weekly. Um, they interviewed Corinna about this scene specifically. And she said, I really like to write scenes with as little dialogue as possible. It's nice to have a partner like Janine, they spelled her name wrong, where I can be like, all right, here's the deal. We can only do this one time because we don't have time to blow dry your hair. Don't turn on the shower until you're ready to have that cry. I was letting her take control of the scene and say, at this moment, I'm good to fall apart. She did a phenomenal job. I've said it a million times and not just about Janine, which they spelled correctly then. Someone really should have checked this. Editing. I really feel like I have a cast across the board that is so capable. I feel so lucky as a writer because instead of writing something and then being like, oh man, is that person able to pull it off? Maybe we dial it back. Maybe we give that scene to somebody else. When I issue a challenge to our cast, they rise to the occasion. And... I completely agree. She did phenomenal. The Bratz doll eyes were great. The shower was fantastic. Her hair, I know you didn't have time to blow dry it. She looked real good. She did. And I will say that it came across as as really sincere um, in that she wanted to have her grief be very very, very private. Mm-hmm. So even with um, a really strong sister dynamic, um, it's been my experience that you don't want to, you don't, even with that kind of close relationship, you don't necessarily want to share those most primal feelings with anybody. And it was really important to her to kind of hide that from Rosa. Cause I think she knows that Rosa's feeling a lot of guilt about her part in all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it felt really sincere that she would hide in the bathroom. Yeah, that she would really, try to yeah. not try to make sure that nobody understood that nobody was hearing and she, her. And she goes back to that later yeah. uh, with a conversation that we'll talk about. Um, and it's it's that kind of really raw coming from a really deep mm-hmm. place. Yeah, of like losing, like yeah, yeah. And it was really refreshing. Not refreshing I don't want to say but it was really good because we hadn't seen Liz really process that emotion which I think is almost the opposite of the original Liz Parker in the original Roswell is all emotion yes we talk about her whisper talking all the time because Mm -hmm. she has so many feelings and you know what those feelings are valid those brilliant Sherry Appleby (laughs) A very different yeah. dynamic. But I, uh, but I kind of liked yeah. that it all sort of built up and crashed into this one thing. I mean, we see her crying in the flashback when she's laying with him. Mm-hmm. But we don't really see it. You can kind of imagine it was like, we put him in the pod and now I have to take care of Rosa and make sure she's okay. And that she doesn't feel like I'm blaming her for this. Right, and I think it's, it's really great that they didn't try to tie it to something that you could say oh she's crying because of this right that there was not an event yeah or a memory 
or anything that came up that described why it was happening now. Mm -hmm. Because when you have real grief like that, it does come out of nowhere. Well, and if anything, it was just the event that she was laughing and talking with Rosa. It's that kind of guilty of, like, I can't, I shouldn't feel happy right now. And how quickly it can change. Yes. Without any explanation. I also thought that uh, Janine did a beautiful job with that scene, but Rosa listening at the door... Mm-hmm. Um, Amber, you said her name was? Amber. Amber. Listening at the door, like, she clearly understands something else is happening. Right. She she is clearly listening at the door and suspecting and hearing mm-hmm. um, her sister. And the idea that she wouldn't go in and try to fix it. Yeah. That she's just taking it kind of, she's kind of taking it in and absorbing it mm-hmm. at the door. And her facial expression during that time is also really authentic. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... It was a very, it was a very touching scene that both of them, and I think it is worth saying that Amber had less to do in that scene, but it was just as important in a lot of ways with their dynamic of their their relationship. Um, then we see the, the girls are asleep and Rose is having another nightmare. I don't really want to, I don't need to talk about the content of the nightmare except for last season when we figure when Noah was revealed to be the bad guy he had a lot of great monologues and I talked a lot about whoever was doing that dialogue being a genius he said another thing in this dream that I was like that's dope as hell (laughs) he said he walks up he surprises her and says and he sort of says it in like a nursery rhyme like kind of Cadence. Cadence. Mm -hmm. And I immediately was like, that has to be from something. No, it's not. It's from someone's fucking brain. And that is so cool. I love it. (sighs) So much. (laughs) It was so, so good. So, anyway. uh, He also says something about, um, in that same scene, they're coming after you, Maximo. Yes, they're coming that, for us. And that gives you a hint that she's not, necess- that He's not, not talking necessarily to her. talking to her. Yeah. And that um, is what, when Rosa wakes up, she says, I don't know, I was being chased by this guy. They figure out it's Noah. And she kind of tells him about what's happening. And she mentions, what's, what does alighting mean? And Liz figures out, he's not talking to you, he's talking to Max. Which means... Why was it that that made her make that jump? I think it's because from the flashback at the very beginning, Max is saying, he said I was really powerful. But are we supposed to know where that was? I mean, what that is, the alighting? We haven't figured it out yet. Okay. This is something they're alluding to. He says there, he said that there's something coming, an alighting. And she goes, what does that mean? And he was like, I'm not sure, but it can't be good. And then we hear it again. And then at the end, we hear it again. So we're leading up to this sort of climax scene of what the alighting is. But that's how Liz figures it out, because Noah wouldn't torture Rosa with something she didn't know about, right? Right. So she figures out the brain connection. Before we get into the medical side of things, uh, we need to talk about what happens at the bar with Michael. Yeah. First of all, Michael Blumis is just... Come on. He's an icon. He's got the face and the curls when he's playing pool and he strokes the hand down that girl's back. Good God, you guys. Chew it out. Great. 
top to bottom. It was great. Mm -hmm. um, and then we find out that Michael's been sort of looking for a fight. Oh, yeah. Because sure they got, the fight. chick's boyfriend comes up, punches him in the face, and we see him smile like, yeah. You, you see it in a lot of storylines. Oh, yeah. Of, in multiple, multiple shows, movies, all your favorites. It's a very standby, go-to. Because if anyone should be in therapy, it's all uh, men. Right. <laughs> uh, you're in pain, but and therefore you need the physical pain to match uh -huh. the emotional mm -hmm. pain, so you go out looking for fight. That's definitely what Michael was doing yeah. in the scene. Um, and then Maria throws him out of the bar for fighting, right. and it's like, you did that on purpose to hurt me. Right. And he kind of says, you're welcome, I'm saving you from this. Hope is, he has a whole monologue about hope is a waste of time. And uh, all you need to know about that is... He has so many feelings. And they're not done yet. And so much damage. Oh, they're super not done yet. But she ends it on a really strong note of snatches the keys out of his hands and says, you can pick this up from the bouncer tomorrow. You're walking home. And turns around and walks into the bar. And I was like, ooh. Right. Hate to see you leave. Love to watch you walk away, girl. You're killing it. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I just wanted to talk about that. He's clearly lashing out. Clearly. I've He's only struggling. been in therapy for a little while, but I can tell He's you that. Clearly lashing um, So let's get into... At one point, um, after the Michael Maria scene, mm -hmm. I don't know what happened. I felt like it you? was worth mentioning that Liz's lipstick looked amazing. She, I'm telling <laughs> you. Oh, oh she must it. have just woke up or something. And I was like, wow, to look that good. Right? Her lipstick, her just, ooh, lipstick. so much. This is the kind of... Um, tidbits that I bring. So what happens after this produce, is we, uh, Alex record. and Kyle stealing a body from the morgue once again. Our doctor friend okay. is committing major crimes. I don't know if I need to say this now or if we're going to recap it all and I'll say it later. I'm going to say it now. Say it now. <laughs> In our OG show, Roswell, we hit a season where they kind of figure out where they're from. They kind of get the lay of the land. We see that these pod people, and they're being held, and there's this whole thing, okay? I'm not explaining it very well, but I feel like this show's available, and you all should watch it. <laughs> it's been 20 years. <laughs> there are no spoilers. Um, that was the part of the OG show that I was like, I don't know what you're doing. That season but I don't felt appreciate it. I don't like it. Yeah. Okay. When we get into Liz makes the connection... Max's brain must still be alive, therefore he can still be saved. We need a heart. Oh, where are we going to get a heart? we got to get a heart from An another alien. alien. Where Good thing we, we have a dead alien? body alien okay. laying around. Perf. Okay, so now we're hitting this point where I'm like, oh, really? Right. I'm not loving it. Now, I want to say, if you have not found us before today, and you have not heard the last year's episodes... This is going to be brand new information for you. For those of you, Tara, who has heard us, you will know that I stick to the fact of, look, it, there are some times that I feel like Corinna loses me mm -hmm. and has to earn me back, and we're at one of those points. We're at one of these points with me, too. It's a little further along, though, and I want okay. to get there. So they're going to take Noah's body, and then, uh-oh, it's not Noah's body. Who oh, that, who this no. man? Where the body? And we find out, no, it's just a guy that looked like you. And my first thought was, Alex's dad is awake? 
And then he's on the phone. And I forgot, Alex has a brother. He does have a brother. And we met him briefly. Very briefly at We're the not prison. Really invested. Alex's brother's name is Flint. I don't, yeah, listen, I don't whatever. Say la vie. Um, and he's like, I have to, I have to take the body back to Area 51. It must be examined. There is a command chain in this family. His name is Flint. No, I'm saying. Oh, Flint. Okay, that's what I'm saying. And he's like, there's a chain of the command in this family and you and your friends did something to our father. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and that's how I hear all Republicans in my mind. (laughs) Anyway, uh, and Rosa and Liz are driving down the road and Rosa goes, that place, that car has military plates, and she swerves the wheel, figuring it out. Um, and then Flint wakes up, and dun dun dun, dun, the body's gone. I also wrote, they stole the body. That's so punk rock. And I just, I'm so easy to please. You really are, because I was like, really? I will say the one bright spot is Liz goes to Michael and says, I need help moving a body, and he says... (laughs) If I had a dollar for every time I heard that. And that was the bright spot for me. Okay, but also, she says, are you going to call Isabel? And he says, let's not tell Isabel yet. And I wrote, start telling Isabel things. 2K20. We're keeping too many secrets from Isabel. We kept too many last season, we're keeping too many now. We're keeping too too many secrets from? Poor little Kyle. Kyle's just, we need to sit, like, you know what, on. I feel like there needs to be like a round table for this group of friends right? where everyone just gets on the same page now, before we can move original, forward. Kyle was in love with Isabel. No. No. Yeah, in the original. Alex. Oh, Alex was in love <laughs> with Isabel. Who was Kyle in love with? Liz. But he got over that. Yeah. And then he was just with no one? Yeah. I know. Sad for them, right? Maybe we should do an episode called Kyle, the underdeveloped character. Of I he is a good boy. He's a good boy. I'm gonna die saying it. He's a good, boy in, the first he, he's a good boy in the first one. He's a good boy now. All right. Okay. Here's where I get to what's happening. Um, they cut open Noah's body, and we have found out previously you can't cremate an alien body because they give off a toxic fume. And it's we important found that to know that. Yeah. Um, I. Alex says it to Kyle or something. Drinking beer could be. Having a chip. Um, so we can't cremate him. So they're gonna take the heart out and they start opening him up and he's oozing He's things. an oozy goozy. And Michael alien, is right? like, oh yeah, it's this biochemical. I haven't figured out the 20 second co- saying science shit. All right. Yeah, I'm not a scientist. A I don't stuff. it's science shit. And he opens know. a thing and he's piece of the ship like and he's like, suffering. what if the piece of the ship is biological? Oh, I think it's and organic. Here's somehow. where I come to a very important message. Tara, darling. Hi, honeybee. Okay, here's my thought. They should do an artificial heart made from the pieces of the ship to put into Max's body that he can thus control because it's organic substance. He's get, They're going to be able to control. There's a magnet something there. And here's what I need you guys to figure out how to do. I'll read you my note. Invite Corinna to Art Heart, parentheses, you still have pull. And then I can give her my book and we'll be best friends and she can get me a job. So, Tara, Sweet Pea, honey, gonna need you to work on that. Thank you. And we got how far into the episode before we did our shameless plug to Corinna to hire you as a writer? <laughs> I feel like it's a new record. because we The recording is, really... an o- is an hour, but we're almost at the end here. But 
we made it really far. We made it really usually far. We're like, we're you- hire, hire, hire her. I know. And hey, that's just using your resources. So. And you know what? I'm cool with that. Um, and then, okay, so that's what I had to say. They're going another direction with it, but I still think there's hope and I will get to that. Rosa starts getting philosophical. She's like, God made the wrong choice. He, she should have saved Max and not me and blah, 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 blah. And Liz has a beautiful speech where she says, God didn't make a trade. Max did because he's a good person and this is what he'd want. And he saved you so that I can save him. And she's like, did the heart work? And he's like, no, it didn't. And then we have a montage. And this montage is wonderfully shot, but also playing in the background is my favorite cranberry song in all of the land. It is Zombie by the Cranberries. If you're unfamiliar with their work, it's just, I just, I could never pull off a pixie that short, but she did that for me. I uh, was not familiar with this song. I did enjoy the song. This song had me pumped as all hell. (laughs) Yeah, she was singing along. Um, so... They do some surgery, and while the song is playing, Liz is also talking about she got into regenerative medicine because she wanted to fix things that were broken. So they're putting, they pull out Noah's shriveled, empty, terrible heart, very symbolic of who he was as a person, and they put it in the organic, chemical, whatever, and they're trying to rebuild it. Um, so that they can then put it into Max's body. Um, and while this is also finding out, Isabel is talking to Max in the pod, saying that she... Why can't I feel Why can't I feel you, but I feel no. It's like he's underneath my skin, and she looks up, and she looks at the ultrasound. And Mom said... What is that? And I said... (gasps) I know! (laughs) (laughs) And she uses the ultrasound machine and lifts up her shirt and what's in there? A little alien baby. Alien baby. Another callback to the original where Max impregnates that blonde bitch that I don't like. What's her name? What's her name? Zoe? Lucy? No. Tess. Tess. Fucking Tess, dude. I hated her. You were supposed to. She is the worst. <gasps> anyway, so now there's an alien baby. That's something to bring up. Rosa is now having another dream. Oh, I want to go back to the artificial heart thing. You know what? I think it could still work. Yeah. I'm not giving up hope on that plan. And Corinna, if you're listening and you'd like to have an artificial heart connection, you can see how one works. It's held together with Velcro. I tell people that that's the fun fact that I know about life, is that an artificial <laughs> heart is held together with Velcro. And isn't that wild? Yes, it is. Listen, we've got some pull for you, baby. Come on down. A little Corinna. Tucson AZ. Corinna, we'll help you out. Um, and so Rose is having another dream where Noah comes up and is choking her Vader style. Mm-hmm. And he calls little, her. Little homage to Vader. Mm-hmm. He calls her Ophiuchus, which, as we discussed in the last season, did we? Ophiuchus is the 13th sign of the zodiac and is an omen of death. Oh, I did not remember that. Um, I think it could be a drinking game so for then those, I... of the, those of you that are listening, Tara, uh, <laughs> that maybe. Every time I say, oh, I didn't remember that, you take a little sip. <laughs> yeah. Because by the end, yeah, I think you'd be feeling pretty good. I think so, too. So now I have this idea that Rosa, and this ties back to my idea that Rosa, from the dream sequence, that she has powers now, that Rosa is Ophiuchus. She now has the ability to stop whatever this alighting is. 
with whatever new power that she's been given. And that is why Noah initially went after Rosa in the first place, was drawn to her through Isabel's consciousness, was drawn to this person because there's something up. Will it tie back to Papa Valenti? I sure as fuck hope so. Let's hope. Yeah, that's fun. I will say that um, the handprint, mm -hmm. they're, they're very perplexed of why the handprint is still there. And this is how I knew it had been weeks. Because Liz says, on Michael it faded in a day, on me it faded in two days, yours has been there for weeks and I want to know what it means. And I thought initially she was going to touch the handprint and have like a flash of how to save Max. Mm -hmm. Or that would or cool. it was going to be like a flash of Max oh, conscious, like awake in whatever temporal, temporal zone Stasis that they get put on in the pod. And that that was going to be how she was going to figure out that Max could be saved. I think it would have been interesting. We don't have to do it. Um, <laughs> they went another direction. They went another it's direction. Fine. So he calls her Ophiuchus, and then he gets struck by lightning. And who do we know with a lightning power? I think that's our friend Max. That is our friend Max. And Max shows up. Homeboy's looking rough. He's looking way rough, you guys. And he says, "You're the only one I can reach. I've been reaching out to you. You're the only I'm one." I'm so sorry. He's still very oh, polite. Still very polite. So Doesn't want to ruffle any Listen, you look great. He's like, "Hi, I'm you so look sorry great. to be bothering Ten you." Ten years has really done you well. Did you get a haircut? Have you lost some weight? You're looking fantastic. Just real quick, if um, you could get a message, if Liz wakes me up. Everything's gonna go to shit. Could you stop it? Thanks. Um, uh, kudos to the makeup department because he really does. He looked bad. Who is this young man? Nathan Parsons. Nathan Parsons. Beautiful, beautiful man. Didn't look great. Uh, <laughs> and he looks rough. Look rough. So, makeup artistry done on this show. Top yeah. notch. Incredible. Yeah. Um, so I think that if Max comes back, that would, that's gonna be like, well, I'm not trying to get biblical, but I did go to Sunday school at least five times in You're my life. You're welcome. It was more than that. <laughs> um, I think that it's going to be, if Max is resurrected, that's somehow going to trigger this alighting. And the bad, bad alien people, the they that Noah has been talking to, that's what's going to bring them into this sort of realm of consciousness. They're going to be able to take over other people's bodies like Noah took over. Isabel's and then we're gonna have a war on our hands and that's why Max in his death has been able to see this because we all know that death is just you know the universe just gives you all its secrets Max has been able to see this and when he reaches out to Rosa that's why he's like I can't come back because shit's gonna go down if you bring me back you guys have to just move on without me okay here's the thing though the show without Nathan Parsons mm -hmm. you can't do that for very long no you can't and so we're going to have to speed things up a little bit. I will say he's he's one of our main guys. Like, he is in a majority of the season. I want you guys to be prepared for that. We're not letting Max go. So, he shows he he's here. Right. Homeboy's staying. I of course he's staying. Of course he's staying. Um but the problem is you can't have him staying looking all rough like that. People want him with Liz. So but gonna so have here to get him back. so so writer styles um, if Rosa is this Ophiuchus and somehow has the extraterrestrial touch and is able to hone her powers, I see that they figure it out and Isabel, who has now been training, becomes Rosa's sort of trainer, which gives way so much room for alien lesbians, which I deserve. 
um, becomes her, like, trainer. They start training these powers, and as Rosa's powers get stronger, Max, their brain connection gets stronger, and he is, because he's psychically linked, he, in her vision, starts looking better. And that's, that's our... Look, our way of knowing what Max is thinking is Rosa and him are going to be able to, because of the psychic link, being able to connect. I'm feeling a little pessimistic. I'm not liking the direction. I have one more thing to say. You can say it. Okay. Uh, also, just to finish, wrap this up about Maria's mom. We see her wandering through the desert towards the bar, whose name I still have not remembered. Pony something. And you're so right. And I'm mad that I don't know it. She's wandering towards the bar. She's not wearing shoes. She's holding a bracelet. Something like beaded or, you know, like you would buy it. Like, like a, a friendship sp- bracelet. Yeah. She's holding a bracelet. I'm thinking it's Rosa's. She's holding the bracelet and she's walking through the desert. She stops. She turns. Bright shining light, which I know as an avid TV watcher means aliens. Clearly. And then she's gone. Maria... Is on the phone because once again they just let her walk off of this thing. I don't. She even goes. Know they're paying. How them. long has it been since my mom escaped? And the lady says something interesting. She says, "21 minutes exactly." And she kind of goes on to that. Like we have her on camera leaving the site, but there's something there with 21 minutes. And if by the end of the season there's not, I will gladly say that I was wrong. But there's something there. This 21 minutes thing is going to be important. Um, um, I and then honestly will tell you. Maria walks out to the desert. She walks past the bracelet. Mama's not there. Mama was straight up to Zaken. I did not hear anything about the 21 minutes. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> I was in the same room with you. You were. You were sitting right next to me. Yeah. I just did not pay attention to that. Okay. So let me go back to the fact that, once again, Corinna... <laughs> Love you. Love your style. Please hire my daughter. I think she would add a lot to your cat, to your, uh, your plan here. Um, but you're going to have to win me back because I'm like, see, we went straight up Roswell season, whatever, when we found the pod people. And I'm not a fan of that part. I think you, here's what you don't like. And I just, I'm, I'm just spitballing as someone who's watched TV with you for 25 years. I used to... My first memories of watching TV is Full House followed directly by General Hospital (laughs) as I was sitting in our laundry basket on the living room floor while my mom was folding laundry. So, first of all, the juxtaposition of those two things is just incredible. Um, But just as someone who's watched TV with you for this long, you don't love a coma coma story. No. Especially when... It's one of our main characters. Right. Alex's dad being in a coma, fuck that guy. We don't give a fuck. We don't care. But Max being in the coma and this kind of stasis of Max not being in the action with all the other characters that we love is giving you, like, a disconnection. Well, here and here's what I'll add to that. Mm -hmm. Yes, you are right, but it is also more of the fact that I am very relationship-driven. That's true. I would much rather have a show about teenagers that dabble in aliens than a show about aliens that dabble in teenagers. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. <laughs> I want to make no. it clear that these aliens are not teenagers. 
Everything is consensual. But, they, but what I'm saying is not wrong in right. that. And I, how do I feel I about want, a love story? I don't want the relationship, especially now. Mm-hmm. I know we aren't getting into it. It is a wonky, wonky world that we're living in right now. And I want just the the distraction to be not in where are they going to find a heart and do weird medical crappy weird things in the cave to get him to wake up i want it to be like i don't know is maria gonna see him in the bar like that's where my brain is and how do i feel about a love story you hate it i'm not a fan i know which i think we made really real by me saying they stole a body that's punk rock but corinna has also gotten you in like She's dabbled in the whole Alex Michael thing. That's got your attention. I love a bicon. She's dabbled in the whole uh, Maria Michael thing. Again, a bicon. So I'm just saying, like, you say you're not about the relationships, but you really are. I'm not about heterosexuality. Right. That's what it is. (laughs) Okay. So I just want to wrap this up. I do want to say about my artificial heart storyline. I really believe that there's something here and we can make it happen. But I do want to say, Corinna has already started writing season three. This season is done being written. I'm not convincing her of any changes at this point. That's true. I do want to say, I believe that we can make it happen. Right. And if you're looking for someone in the future to write this artificial heart storyline, I did write a paper my senior year of high school. Senior exit project, people. Um, So we're going to wrap this up. Uh, we used to end with some sort of question. We did. Oh, oh question? I forgot. Okay, give me. Um. All right. While she's okay, thinking no, of the I question, gotta, I, gotta, I, gotta. I just want to say, while you're thinking of the question, season two, it took you a long time to come back. We're glad to have you back. It is a great distraction for us right now to have something to be like, yes, let's watch the next episode. Let's record. Let's do something with this. So we're glad, glad, glad to have you back. Great to see our old favorites. They're killing it. First episode. They all look great. They all look great. They're all bringing their A game. Yep. We're excited about it. Okay, go ahead. All right. So this episode, we saw Liz and Rosa singing to the Meredith Brooks songs in the car. If you were going to go on a road trip with one of our main characters, who would it be? And what would you sing? Ooh, that's tricky. Okay. Do you have an answer? I do. Okay, go. I would go on a road trip with your favorite bisexual in mind. No, no, no. Not me. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and we would sing Friends in Low Places. Ooh. That's a solid choice. Um, I am going to road trip it with the beautiful, iconic Maria DeLuca, played by Heather Hemmons. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would sing, I don't know, I feel like Alanis Morissette is coming to mind. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. On that note. On that note. <laughs> I didn't have anything else. Well, yeah, uh, okay. We're so, glad to be back. Glad to be back. And we hope you find us. Uh, because I have moved out, we are working on the new schedule of when to watch, when to record. Right. I'm thinking weekends are really just going to be our sweet spot. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. And We've been recording for an hour and a half. And listen, I have in so this, much work to in do. In this crazy time, you guys, um, be kind to each other. Be gracious to each other. And be helpful. Help other people. People are so single-minded. Be yeah. helpful. Um, okay, so we'll see you next time. Love you. Miss you. And bye. bye.